as the Yad Hashem would have it, despite my plans to be back for Shabbos and Tisha B'Av. Kosh Baruch wanted me to be recording a drosha from Yishlaim or Kaidish on Lail Tisha B'Av, Matzah Shabbos. I'd like to give an overview on some of the lessons learned as expressed in the Kinnis for our Gullis and the eventual Tikkun for the Gula and the Mitzvah Shem. If we take some of these concepts and Musr ideas to heart, it will indeed hasten the Gula. I ask Tzadok to set this up to play it live as an overview for the Kinnis instead of interrupting throughout trying to put down some thoughts, the overview at the beginning, and then the Olam will go straight. Also send it out for anybody not in shul, so they can hear it any time during Tisha B'Av, or afterwards if the Mashiach is not here by then. As I was informed Thursday night at the airport, that due to some mix-up, there was no seat available on the flight. The fellow behind the counter asked me if I wanted to take the Sunday morning flight. I was amazed that he didn't realize, didn't enter his mind that there was Tisha B'Av and I wouldn't fly, and I informed him that I can't fly Sunday morning. And then he said, well, how about Sunday afternoon? I told him, no, I can't fly fly anytime on Sunday. He looked at me quizzically and just said, okay, we have one for Monday afternoon. What was so sad is I'm talking to, and not yet from, Yid, who has no clue that it's the nine days, or Tisha B'Av. And therein lies the first and major theme of the Gullah's condition. The Avelis and the Horbin is not really for the Eitzim and Avonim. It's not for the loss of independence, although... That was tragic. It's not even for the resulting loss of life and freedom, which was tremendously tragic. The Avelis is for what the Horbin was brought for, and that is our Averis. Our lack of initiative in raising the bar in Aruchnius. And the resulting Anish was the fact that the source of our inspiration Arasiat Deshmaya, the Makar of Atfilis, and Akaparus, the Karbanus, was taken away. The issue that we as Klyasrol struggle with the most in Gullus in the past few hundred years, we've seen it at its worst, is the fact that due to this Einish and this lack of Siat Deshmaya, we're losing many, many people in Klyasrol. Some of them have come back. Everyone is a victory. But the masses are still not there. It's not just those who aren't from, even those that are. That's us. We're not reaching the madragas we can in our vayda, in our mitzvahs, in our chesed. And therein lies the avayda. So Desla says there's a connection between the gullus and gaula, the avelis, which will lead to Elul and Tshuva, and ultimately Simcha. The Ramban says, a few places in this parish in Chumash, that the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael 
is what makes it unique. There are perhaps countries with nicer scenery, although it's Israel is gorgeous. There are perhaps countries with greater natural resources, like America, although the Pasuk says that Israel has all the resources we need when we're doing Ritzen Yisrael Mokom. But that's not, despite the parish and Shtab Chabam Yisrael, and despite the wonderful climate and the dichotomy of climates and all the other wonderful physical aspects of Eretz Yisrael, that's not what makes it great. What makes it great is the fact that it holds within it the source of all spiritual energy. Our entire Ruchnius emanates from Eretz Yisrael, Yushalayim, Harabayis, and the Makam HaMikdash, and a lot of that is missing. And because of that, we're not the same Klai Yisrael, and we're not the same shlemim that we could be as Yidin. The focus on Avelis during the three weeks, the nine days in Tishabov, and a theme we really hold with us the rest of the year, whether you say Tikkun Chatzais or not, it's in every Shemon Esrei. We focus on it three times a day, it's in every benching, it's in every Alamichya. And the reason Chazal don't allow us to forget it is because if we do forget that it's not just independence, and a strive of nationalism for our own country. It's the vital battery pack of our Ruchnius. And if we forget that, we'll never strive for more. If we remember it, we'll always understand that we're missing something and we have to daven and increase chusim to be able to attain it. We often feel that of all the Yom Tevim, I include Tisha B'av as a future Yantif. All the events we have during the year, it's so much easier to be besimcha on perm, shalosh regalim, because we feel connected. We feel we have the mitzvahs, and although not as connected as perhaps we could be, but we do feel a simcha shal mitzvah. The reason we don't really feel connected to the avelis is because we feel, Chazal say, it's an avelis yishana, it's an old story, but it's not an old story. The story is continuing. Last couple hundred years, the loss of perhaps Roiv of Klai Yisrael to Terra Mitzvahs. Not only is it not an old story, but it's a developing story and it's getting worse. Chazal's mandate to focus on this and understand what we lost and what we're missing is the only conduit to get it back. The reason why we sit for hours and hours and read Kinnis, tragedy after tragedy, is to fully grasp that each tragedy is building on the previous one and all emanates from the fact that with the loss of Madrega, the continuing loss and buildup of losses in Ruchnius, both individually and collectively, the Gullis can get worse and worse before it gets better. And it only gets better when we all fully wake up and realize what causes it. We often let the Yitzhahara convince us that in order to really bring a gula and to turn things around, you need to be the God Ladar, you need to be a main mover and shaker, you need to do tremendous acts on Yisir Nefesh. All those help, but it's quite clear that every brick we put on is what's really doing the building. What will really accomplish the end of the project? And Abiyanis and Ivishis even points out that as the Chorban was about to happen, 
had enough people done even, quote-unquote, a small mitzvah. They really know small mitzvahs. What we would consider a small mitzvah, it could have averted the korban. One example he brings, a fascinating shot in the Pasuk and Eicha, Paragimel, Pasuk Mandalid. Sakaisa ba'anon loch me'avor tefillah. What is Sakaisa ba'anon loch me'avor tefillah? He made it cloudy, we couldn't daven him. Yes, and Ivisha says, the morning of the Chorban, had Klai Yisrael, enough people from Klai Yisrael been able to get up and daven Nates, a strong tefillah at the perfect time, it would have been averted or delayed. And Hashem wanting to bring about the Gzeira, because it was necessary, made it cloudy. And he points out, and I saw it this past week, in the summer here in Eitz Yisrael, it's always gorgeous, sunny, not a cloud in the sky. And Hashem made it cloudy so they couldn't see exactly when Eitz was. There are many Midrashim and Eicha that bring out this point, both by Bayesvishan and brought down in many Chazals by Bayesheni. And when it was time for the Chorban, it didn't really help. We tried, and there were still many Yidin doing mitzvahs with tremendous Mesiris Nefesh. But Tisha B'Av was Nigzer as a day of Peronius, and as the Bavliim, later the Romans, were fighting, although they tried to conquer before, it always landed on this day. So although it doesn't change the Gzeira, the insight of Yens and Ivishis and many others is that at the time when the Gzeira is not Nigzer, there are things that could be done that make a tremendous Rosham and Shemayim and it doesn't have to be getting killed or Kiddush Hashem and doesn't have to be the world's most difficult mitzvahs. It could be something like Davening Nates or if it doesn't fit into our schedule, davening on time, coming on time, saying karbonus at least one or two every day, Parshas Tamid, Pita Mekateris, as can point out those two, the Chavaz Chaim once came and rotten to Yeshiva late, he was asking something before, and they were starting Mizmashir, and he came and gave a clap in the bimma, and he said, I just want to announce to everybody that I said karbonus at home, it shouldn't be Maris Ayin Chas that I came in and I'm skipping karbonus. Chavz Chaim understood, we're in Gullus, but perhaps if we focus on Karbonus, perhaps if we say them and understand them, that'll move things along. Another example of the small things that made a big difference in causing the Chorban. We all know the famous Sugyan Gittin that deals with the Chorban. And it's very fascinating because one would think that a mix-up in wedding invitations, which happens all the time and always has the risk Causing bad feelings. The Kamsa by Kamsa story is said and highlighted as an example of something that facilitated the beginning of the Horban. Yet one must wonder, one Misa doesn't cause a Horban. And the Gemara compounds the question with pointing out that there was another Misa. Ashaka de Rispak. A Tarnagola, Tarnagolta, Chara of Turmalka. They had a minig that they used to plant trees. When a child was born, they used to let it grow and they used to cut it down for a chuppah for the chasna. 
and the enemy is coming through the forest and they started cutting down the trees for their own use because they needed some wood for their carriage that broke down and these enemy troops were attacked and then they told the general that the Eden were rebelling. Not Yahar Vayavr to keep the wood that you reserve for the Chasna. And certainly in hindsight, that was not a thing to do to start up with the enemy. Why did Akash cause the triggering of the Khorban by small incidences such as a small attack on a band of soldiers over some wood or a mix-up in a wedding invitation? Ben Yoyada answers the question by pointing out which I think is a major theme in our understanding of what went wrong and what we could do to fix it. The Gemara Bab Metziah and Laman of Abayz darshan the Pasuk as a Maiser Sheyasun Asheyasun refers to going the extra mile Sud Lefnim Eshur Sadin. The context of the Pasuk here you look at the passage before, it's in Shemais Perikud Ches, Pasigit Tes, Ata Shema Bekeli, Yatzcha Vielakim Imach, Yatala Mula Lakim, Evesataz, the Vrim Ela Lakim. It's in Parshas Yisrael. I'm picking Dayanim and how to set up a just system for Bati Dinim. Vizhartes Hem, Esachukim, Esateris, Adata Lahem, Esaderach Yelchoba. And you will be instructing them through these Dayanim. How to operate in their dealings with each other. As a Maiser Shayasun, and that the Gemara's Darshaning as a Maiser Shayasun is including even Lifnim Mishur Sadin. There's no technical chiyuv to do Lifnim Mishur Sadin, obviously, because that's why it's called Lifnim Mishur Sadin. However, the Gemara says, Amr of Yechanon, Lacharv Yushalayim Elashemidu Dinayim al Dinterv Abu Abdu Lifnim Mishur Sadin. One of the reasons Yishalayim was destroyed is because everybody demanded exactly the din and what they felt was due to them and they were not willing to go the extra mile. And Tesis there asks, doesn't the Gemara say that Yishalayim was charva because of Sinaschinim and the second bias? I believe the answer is that if you ask most people why they're involved in Machlekesim, why there are always issues with people, their neighbors, family, friends, partners, they would tell you, this is not sinaschinam. I'm just demanding what's coming to me. They're trying to bother me. And often on paper, that's true. Chazal's insight over here is that lachavu yushalayim, only because they were demanding actual din, not realizing that if everybody stands on din and stands on ceremony, it's going to create and further machlekes, get worse and worse, and become absolute sinaschinam. There was a Maisa once in B'nai Brak, where Chassan and Kala were to be married, and the Mechatanim were looking with great difficulty to try to find an apartment that was affordable. Most of the time it's not possible in the heart of a city like B'nai Brak or even Yushalayim. And they had all but given up. Somebody told them about an apartment that was being sold that was greatly discounted. 
and the person had to sell quickly, and they went to see it. And indeed, it fit their budget. They were about to grab it, and the caller said, I have a big problem. I have two friends living in that building. They're both in my class. Neither are married, and one has two older sisters that are not married either. And I feel that if I move in and they have to see me every single day, it will remind them of their plight. And although I'm sure they'll be happy for me, but it will cause them a lot of pain as well. Because here I am, my only issue is looking for an apartment and they can't find a shidduch. And I don't want it. And the father and the shver said, we understand, it's a beautiful thought, but this is the only thing we can afford here. And they went to ask Rab Chaim. Rab Chaim is used to paskening shaylas that sound a lot more difficult than this one. And a person is not mechiv at all to consider this in terms of the purchase that they need to make. Rab Chaim thought about it and thought about it and he said, it's too difficult to shayla, go ask Rabbi and Leib Shtaymen. When they went to and Leib, after some back and forth, he said, if she feels that they will have such pain in this situation by seeing her many times every day, you're not necessarily going to have siyat deshmaya, although it's clearly mututabai. The idea they came up with is perhaps you should buy it and rent it out. And Mitzvah tell you when the friends get married, the older sisters get married, you'll then move in. That's what they decided to do. And Baruch Hashem, do the Siyat and the Mesiris Nefesh, a short time afterwards. Those girls were married as well. And then Shir Nechassan moved in. And the Aaron Leib said a line then, which I think if people would repeat and internalize, would be Masaka and all the sinas chinim and all the lack of giving in that goes on when people are really being petty but think they are just getting what they deserve or demanding what they deserve. He said a line, I take off the Naraisi Gamzakanti Vlarisi Sadignezov. He says, Me'elim Larisi Vatron Mafsid. Somebody is Mavatar never loses out at the end. It's a very powerful thought as we aim to fix up the reasons for the Horban, especially the primary reason for Horban by Yashani. Part of the Avaida, fixing up the Sinaschinam, is working on the Midah of being down others' Lakavs Chus and trying to put yourself in their shoes. I was at the Makolot a few days ago, right here in Beis Yisrael, and I was checking out my milk and lechem shachar and hummus behind a lady who was doing the same with a few kids in tow. And the cashier gave her the price. It was over 50 shekel. And in front of my eyes and in front of his, she started taking out of a half-rick plastic bag 
shekel by shekel, ten agurot by ten agurot, and was attempting to pay. The cashier rolled his eyes, put a scowl on his face. I'm watching it unfold in amazement. And she's laying it out, coin by coin. And the other people in line, wondering what the holdup was, and the cashier was getting quite upset. And she noticed the dirty looks that he was giving, and she yells out in great pain, Ma, Zelo Kesef, this is not money. I'm paying you. Give me a chance. What I realized, and I'm sure he realized after she screamed at him in desperation, if the lady had a 50 shekel, 100 shekel, 200 shekel bill, she'd give it to him and happily take the change. This is what she scraped together to buy Shabbos. This is what she had. And how often do we have a situation where people are moving too slow, thinking too slow, reacting too slow for our liking, we don't stop to think for a moment, maybe they can't react any quicker. Maybe they can't do it any better. Maybe they have issues, maybe they have problems, maybe they really can't afford it. And maybe they're scraping together shekel by shekel is the only way they can operate. And we have to have patience and thank Akash Baruch Hu that we perhaps have a 50 shekel bill on us. To his credit, the cashier woke up quickly after she said that and put on a more pleasant smile and let her continue counting it out. And then he took it and put it away without another word. But how often do we lose, lose patience with people without putting ourselves in their shoes, without really even trying to understand that perhaps we're missing information or perhaps even after thinking about it, we still don't understand, but we're missing the background of what Cyrus, Leolenu, and Isianus, the person might be going through that can put them in perhaps a bad mood, can make them grouchier than we'd like them to be, can cause them to snap at others. And part of being down the katschus is, number one, assume you're missing information. Number two, even if you racked your brain and can't figure what that information might be, to still assume that there's something more than meets the eye and perhaps if you had their matzav, you wouldn't be doing any better. And instead of getting angry and annoyed at them, you should be here to help. The second musr happened when I got into a monit a couple of hours later, just going to the Kaisal, a short trip. And to be friendly, I got in and it's an elderly gentleman driving and to strike up a conversation. If you can't do Kirov in the five minute ride, at least uh, make a Kiddush Hashem. So I gave him a warm good morning. And I asked him where he's from, where he was born. And he tells me right away, what difference does it make where I was born? So I think to myself, okay, um, that was a pretty uh, benign question. I told him, I said, uh, wanted to see if uh, maybe we're Lanzman. And then he tells me, well, and I'm certainly not going to say where I'm born, because if it's not from the city you like, and you're not going to be friendly. I'm thinking quickly. I can't believe the conversation took this turn after five seconds. And I told him, I said, Kulonu achim, 
And he said again, maybe we're Achim till you find out where I'm from. He wasn't an Arab, I'll get to that taxi driver in a moment. But after giving up and switching the conversation to something else, I told him that had uh, a which he was happy to hear, and it turns out that he was the Odea Sefer. So the rest of the conversation went smoothly. But I was thinking about it afterwards, like why would he want to tell me where he was born? The answer might be maybe he felt I looked like an Ashkenazi and maybe I would look down that he was a Sephardi, although I look up at all Sephardim. Maybe he was from a city, I'd figure out there are no Jews and he was a Gare. Who knows? The point is, is that we have to recover quickly when we get an answer or a tough remark that we're not expecting and try to figure that there's something that we're missing and that doesn't make the person bad, evil, grouchy, or even rude. What's fascinating is that later on in the conversation, I guess he felt a little bad, his original uh, reception wasn't too warm. He said, by the way, uh, the Mepharshim that say that you shouldn't fill your head with information you don't really need, and therefore it's good you don't know where I'm born because it might cause bitl terror. I smiled at him and I told him uh, that's very true and often we fill our head with all sorts of things that we don't need. And uh, I told him I'll take the uh, Musr. These things usually happen the nine days and they're here to teach us a lesson. And that lesson is uh, the Yid, especially this driver, has actually uh, appeared to me as quite chosher by the time I left six minutes later. And yet, the initial 20 seconds of the conversation would not have given anybody that impression. We just have to find the Pintaliyid and find the Kedusha. I will close with one final Misa, also took place in the nine days, which, as it was happening, for the few minutes, was quite frightening. And it again brought home to me the aspect of Hurban here in Eretz Yisrael, we mentioned before that the main properties of Hurban are in Ruchnius, the fact that we lost a war against the Romans or the Bavliam, the fact that Rahman al-Aslan, there were lives lost, people went to exile, like torture, the torture began by the Gullus and continued long into the Gullus. And in America, especially where we are in Muncie or in Brooklyn or in New Jersey, wherever you happen to be, you don't feel it, which is a bracha. It lets us learn in peace and we can walk around and do our Vedas Hashem without persecution and that's a tremendous bracha. But the slight downside is that you forget about Gullah's conditions. Here in Yisrael, you don't forget. You see the physical manifestation of the Gullah's, which again is really a Gullah's primarily in the Ruchnius, is the fact that here, these past number of decades, we have, quote-unquote, control of Yisrael under Yiddish control. And you can fool yourself even over here thinking that we're almost there and the ghoul is at hand. Whether it's Ikfus of the Meshicha, some say Aschalta the Gula, 
it's quite clear to everybody, as one Ramat Kal, one chief of staff, said recently, he's not yet from, and he said, I don't understand, every single country gets their independence, and after a while it dies down to live in peace and harmony. Why is it that from the day we started until today, there's never any peace, and they still want to kill us and drive us into the sea? Coming from a perspective, a secular perspective, it could be very, very frustrating. Like every other country gets their independence, and sooner or later things work out. The answer we know, and hopefully he'll find out, is that it's only going to work when we understand that the key to Yisrael is the Ruchnius, the key to Klai Yisrael is their diktuk by mitzvahs and their closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And our job as those who are zeichet to be from and understand a little of this is to deepen that understanding and convey it to others as well. If I needed a wake-up call, this final maisa also involved my next taxi ride. Seems to be I get all of them, especially during the uh, nine days when the point needs to be brought home. And uh, I've been in Yisrael many, many times, Baruch Hashem. I don't think I've ever been so uh, nervous at what happened over here. I was leaving the Kaisal and you try to figure out which drivers are Arab and which ones are Yidin. wouldn't want to be accused of racism against our wonderful cousins, but I think everybody would agree it's certainly safer to take the uh, Yiddish one. So I saw a taxi with a sign in the window that said, Ezra's Terror Monit. Can't get better than that. That's uh, part of the Heliga part of the uh, Yeshiva Light in Yerushalayim. So I got in. I was there with the uh, Rebbeton, and it's hard to believe, but uh, about 10 seconds into the ride, we already left the uh, gate. Certainly wasn't getting out over there. He starts screaming and yelling in Arabic. He was on the phone with somebody, but uh, not exactly what I wanted to hear. It was okay. If you're in an Arab taxi driver, hopefully he knows that he's going, but he was screaming and yelling, very agitated. I don't know a word of Arabic. Just to give you an idea of what was going on, I'll uh, play a clip in a minute. But here he has uh, a customer. Normally, you have a customer, you don't scream and yell on the top of your lungs. And it didn't go on for five seconds, ten seconds. It went on for the entire ride. And I kept interrupting, trying to get him to calm down, asking questions that I didn't need the answers to, like, where are we going? Although that would have been important to hear from him as a confirmation. And which way is uh, Mamilla? And you're making a right turn over here. And um, I couldn't distract him for more than five seconds. And every other word is Allah and Muhammad, and um, I'm thinking, okay, it's broad daylight, and uh, hopefully everything's going to be okay, but this certainly gives me an insight into what we're dealing with. It's not the Arabs, it's not Edom, it's not the Christians, it's not the Baaliyam, it's us and our Avodah Hashem, or lack thereof, that creates this. But when you see the physical facts on the ground, and we read it and in the media in the States, of all the atrocities, Leilena, Rahman Islam, that can happen, you see up close, I was sitting next to him in the front seat, of what we're dealing with, we see the uh, bitterness of the Gullus in Eretz Yisrael, when it's supposed to be under our control, all the Israelis tell me that the chutzpah that they're so upset about is that uh, every Israeli is walking around looking behind their shoulders and the Arabs are walking around carefree, laughing, because they're not worried anybody's going to turn around and hurt them.
And that's part of Golis, and perhaps the only silver lining is to remind us we're not there yet. And uh, we need help, and the help has to be in the Ruchnias for ourselves, for our families, and for all those who don't know it yet. When Rabbi Yechonah Mezaka met the daughter of Nagdimen Ben-Gurion, he first saw a young lady taking food out of dung of animals, and when he realized who it was, he said, and Klayasol falls, they not only fall, but they fall into the hands of an Umashvela and the behemoths of the Umashvela. This short clip will give us an idea of what we're dealing with. يلعن الله شو بدك اياه خلاص العلاقه اللي بينه وبين مرتي تدمرت يلعن محمد شو ضل بدك انا عايش مع بس مشان تربي هالولاد شو بدك ازواج this gives uh, the elder an idea of what i was sitting next to listening to and he went on at the top of his lungs for the entire ride this is rabbi yachan's mazaka umashvela but again it's not a din in them it doesn't make a difference if it's them asov Bavliam, Parsiam, we've had them all in history. It should be a wake-up call for all of us that none of them are going away. Until Mitzvah we fix this up. Together with our Avedah, Kajabarachot Rachamim, we to see the Gula Shlema of Amen.